Welcome listeners to Senior Care Above and Beyond. We are so glad you are here with us today. Hope you enjoy the show. We have lots to talk about. Welcome listeners. My name is Sue Brown. I am with my business partner and partner in crime in real life, Carol Hershey. Lauren Torrey, who is our other panel host, was unable to be here today. We had to send her out across the state due to our business and the needs out there. We have a special guest today, Sally Marie Young from Sally Soul, and she just came back from meeting with our staff about energetic responsibility, which is so key, especially in our field of social work and aging. This is senior care above and beyond, and today we are going to just riff. We're just going to float some ideas around, some real-life stories around, and I wanted to talk to Sally about how important her work is in working with our geriatric care managers. So stay along for the ride. And Sally, how did it go today with our staff? It was incredible. They really needed the space to kind of open up and release some of their own energy so that they can get fully into themselves so that they can go out and serve better. Yeah. So I was really impressed. You guys, cool. you have amazing staff. I'll tell you, I was walking by and I saw some of those ladies and Dan. I know our social work field is filled with females and we need more men in here. But anyway, they were really getting into it because they give so much yeah. to clients or older adults They give so much to them day in and day out, whether it's in a nursing home or in their own home. And it's just having this gift that I could give through you to give them the energy to help our clients. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I think, you know, if we could take away the social worker and call them super workers, really, because they are performing incredible, incredible acts of courage and empathy out in the world. And they're really making a difference. And they themselves need self-care. A hundred percent. And you know, we always talk, Carol and I, who again is my partner in real life, we started the business together of care management, being in human services our life since college. So we're like, let's do it our way to give our clients a hundred percent of quality care versus going to these corporate budget meetings and Oh, just the hectic layers of politics in big human service companies. So we went out on our own to do our own thing and treat our clients the way we wanted to. And we really have some funny stories for you. You started out in case management and you have a good one for us. Yes, I do. And I think if you're just tuning in and you haven't heard about what care managers do. We have friends sometimes that we've met along the way or when we moved to the area and they say, what do you do? And we have a hard time all the time <laughs> putting it in a concise description. Everybody knows what a doctor does, what a lawyer does, a financial advisor, an accountant. And and you just say that word and people know what it is. And, you know, us and our staff have trouble trying to put into words what we do. And it is a, it's a helping profession. Care management is a care coordination profession. So when I was sitting the other day thinking about this and how would I sum it up where somebody could actually like relate or give it that thing where my term is general contractor. You know what a general contractor does? He gets the plumber, the electrician, the cement guy. Or she. And he, he, the builder, the framer, and he brings it all together. The timing, who needs what, when. And that's what a care manager does. So think of us as the general contractor for your life, for your senior life, for when you're in retirement. I just, I have an attorney that that we work with a lot and she has a sign on her door. And I think it's a quote from Betty Davis. She says, old age is no place for sissies. 
and isn't that the truth? Oh my gosh! How many seniors we have that are like they get like what's the golden years? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you real quick about story when I graduated college and they threw me out into the field of social work with very little training, and I'm working with this family whose son was in prison, and I am this 22. You're all with the new, brand new, flashy briefcase at my $16,000 a year job. <laughs> I had to wear it. Now, if you know me, I never dress up. I am very, I mean, I have a barn out back and I live to just be in goat poop and pig shit all day. So for me to get all <laughs> dressed up, my plaid skirt, go out to this lady's house. She's completely confused. A neighbor had called in and said, I'm really worried about this older adult who is, you know, someone to prison. The son was the main caregiver. We needed to come out there and help her out. I knock on the door. She answers like, just look disheveled. And she looked like she hasn't eaten. Go in. There's cobwebs and there's no animals there, but there was like cat hair and dog hair all over the place. So I sit down. And you know, back then, the old days, those couches, the couches that kind of like cracked, they were like that plastic couch. Yeah. So like I crack into the couch and I'm talking to this lovely, lovely lady and a little nervous because, you know, I really... I mean, we got trained, but you don't know anything till you just get out there, till yeah. you go to these homes and visit with older adults and see what their situation is. And I, I all of a sudden I hear footsteps. Now I'm the only one in there with this client who's like 88 year old, confused. I can't ask her what that what's going on. I turn around, still sitting on the crinky couch. This tall, ominous man comes in. You can't make it up. And just stared at me. And this is the son just released from prison that day. So I'm a skittish person as it is. Like my dad was the type that always would hide behind a wall and like jump out of me. And I would fly in even when I knew he was there. I jumped. So I am the professional. I jumped on. Somehow I twisted around. Probably last time I wore heels too. My heel (laughs) went into the back of the couch, got stuck in the spring. My foot gets stuck in the spring. Remember, couches back then <laughs> had springs. I bring out my stocking foot. The heel stays in the couch, covered in hair. I'm walking on one foot, say, hi, my name is Sue. I'm a care manager. So needless to say, it, it kind of broke the ice because he kind of got a chuckle out of it. And then we had a nice, thoughtful conversation because, you know, I do come from the school of social work. Do not judge. You know, so many people right are on. great people. It doesn't matter if you go to prison or not. But I was just young and it just scared me because I had no idea what was going to happen. So he ended up to be a super nice man, sat down and he relinquished the fact that he could not take care of his mother. We got her placed to a lovely facility where he could visit her with quality visits instead of being overwhelmed with care. And obviously he was in prison, but he was out to reshape his life. So that was my big start to casework. How about your story? Well, I have a story and and just to talk a little bit about some of the topics we're going to cover. This is our introductory podcast. And so future podcasts having to do with aging are going to cover everything from home care. I want to stay in my house. How many people have heard that? I'm not leaving here except feet first in a body bag. Yeah. And then other people say, I want to sell everything, move into retirement community, let them handle everything. We're going to handle everything from legal documents, Medicaid, Medicare, residential options, those sort of things. So today's just kind of a preview of the topics we're going to cover. And my story relates also similar to Sue's to care management and being a fresh faced out of college social worker and being sent out to assess somebody. 
And knocking on the door, nobody answers, nobody answers. A neighbor comes out. It's a row home. And she hears me and she says, oh, I have a key for Mr. So-and-so. I heard him in there earlier, so I know he's home. She opens the door. We go in. She's calling his name, calling his name. And he says, hello, I'm upstairs. She said, are you okay? Well, I fell on the floor. He's on the floor. We start coming up the steps. I have to warn you, though, I don't have any clothes on. (laughs) Oh my sure God. enough, we get upstairs in his bedroom. He had been walking from his bed to the bathroom. He has a t-shirt on and that's it. And he's flat out on the floor. Welcome to social work. Oh. <laughs> so needless to say, we're trained to, you know, we can't pick him up. He's a tall, lanky guy. We're not allowed to help them up. We had to call the paramedics. They came, they help him right up. Obviously they've been there before. They've done this before. Yeah. And they're like, saying, you know, Joe, I think you should let her help you. Like, get some help in here, that sort of thing. He gets his walker, marches right into the bathroom, sits down on the toilet, shuts the door. He goes, I'm going to be here a while. (laughs) And and I'm standing in the hallway talking through the door, like asking him questions (laughs) through the door. So then, What did you do? Get your, like, questionnaire assessment out? Like, you know, we're so young then. We're like, question one, section one. Okay, that's done. And he's on the can. At first I thought... I'm just going to wait. Like, it's going to be a couple minutes. I'll yeah, wait. So yeah. I kind of like, I'm looking around his bedroom. You know, part of us, our job as care managers is assessing the whole situation. Yeah. Can he go up and down the steps? If he fell in his bedroom, can he, it's a row home twin, you know, can he even make it up and down the steps? So I'm just looking around, looking to see if his sheets are clean, his bedroom's clean, that sort of thing, waiting. And then I go and I, you know, kind of gently knock, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm going to be here a while. So then I just start talking to him through the door and asking him questions. And, you know, in his mind, he didn't need help. He didn't need anybody. But obviously somebody thought he needed help because they had made the referral. This was way back. Somebody had seen that this gentleman needed help. So it was trying to figure out where we could help. And that's, again, part of social work, part of care management is the assessment process. Looking at he's at the center what are all the little networks around him? Does he have yeah. family? Does he have church people, neighbors? Obviously, the neighbor had a key, so they've been helping him. Nutrition. Are there other people in his life yeah. that are helping him? And if there's nobody, then where do we need to fill in? Can he get to the grocery store? Is he cooking? Those sorts of things. So that's part of the process of care management is looking at all the systems around the older adult person, what's helping and where do they need help? Sometimes we get calls from family members who live in California and their mom or dad are here mm-hmm. and they have no idea what's going on. Long so distance like, caregiving is huge now because right. all these corporations are over the country and international. So people call us a lot to check in on mom and dad or, you know, mom's in the hospital had a stroke. So I can't get there until next week. We'll handle helping with the discharge, the home assessment, getting mom set up with the right in-home support or if she needs rehab or Medicare covered. So we do all that kind of assessment. Right. But yeah, they're good. It's it's good though. The the more difficult and crazier the situations were when we got out of college, the more we learned, the quicker we learned. And then once we opened up in 2003 our own geriatric care management company, then we were able to hire and handpick who we wanted in the field because we had worked in the field for about 15 years. We had the luck of having like great relationships out in the community with professionals that we brought in. So we were really glad that we could have like high quality services and client centered first, which was so important. You know, that's where I come in and I look at you too. And I think that the company that you've created is so incredibly unique 
and your view and your take on social work and what that looks like to the world, how you're contributing to the world is mind blowing because lots of people don't really know what the job entails, you know, but you guys do. And you're really committed to creating and cultivating a whole different environment than what it used to be, you know, what was considered to be this, this type of care. And it's so inspiring. Thank you know, you. we love it. It's incredible. And, and getting to know your staff and working with your people and seeing the environment, the culture, I think is the key word in your company, the culture of caregivers that you are growing and cultivating. Not just the, I'm not, not just the people in the field, right? I mean, the people in the office and from every single corner. The backbone of the office is just as important as it's supporting incredible. a client situation. Yeah. And you really, you know, exactly what you're providing out in the world is what I see you guys providing for your workers in the office. Because we hire good people like you. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. It's a, it's an honor to be in that environment. And to to I think it's so important that you nurture your staff the way that you do, because you know what they're getting themselves into with yeah. this work. It's a lot. Social it's, workers is- are innately drawn to the field because of their sense of wanting to give, give back, contribute to society. And as business owners, we are constantly thinking, you know, happy hours only go so long, as fun as they are, but we need to dig deeper. How can we make accessibility for our staff to have good resources so they can really look inside and give to themselves? Self, it's energetic responsibility of giving to, they're not going to go do this. They're not going to go say, I'm going to call and get this self-help today because they're so in the process of mindset of giving, yeah. giving, giving, they're not shutting down to allow it in. So when we create this class, this space, the response is amazing. And they're, you can almost see they're just hungry for it. It's so wonderful. Yeah. And they deserve it. It's self-care. Yes. It's like sign up for the self-care class that is just so unique and it's so different than your typical check the boxes. Yeah. And I think that the the environment that you're creating is that you want them to have a happy life, to have a happy, fulfilled life. Yeah. We care about them all. You also want that for your seniors. Like I just listened to Carol as she read that quote, you know, like, what do you always say, Sue? Dying well. Yeah. Dying well. Absolutely. Dying well here. And you're, gosh, you're just practicing what you preach. We're at the age now in our 50s. So so we'll go out with our friends. And thank you for that. I appreciate that, Sally. When we go out with our friends and we, you know, just talk about our parents, older adults, and it opens up this whole wonderful conversation, you know, and then you just get into this whole, you know, or my mom's sick, has dementia. She lives out in Boston. Now I have to go to Boston all the time, but I'm struggling because I can only take off so many days of work. What do you do? It's bigger than, you know, the obvious are the people that are home alone, don't have the resources for in-home care. They're self-neglect cases. They're out wandering in the street. Everybody collectively goes and we'll take care of them. But what about these very like gray cases where someone is on the, like just on the tip of not being able to manage their life at home independently? So when we got with friends and the older my friends get, the older their parents are getting. So now it's more relevant. So now they're understanding what we do. Right. And I think they see Again, they're aging parents, and it's not always care management doesn't always come into play when it's in crisis. People plan ahead. There's people that want to have everything planned for, tied up in a neat little bow, neat little package. Right. Bow. They'll go into a retirement community. They'll take care of all their legal documents. They'll, and then they still might, they might raise doctors and 
professionals, but they're all scattered about the country. And then they get to the point where they need help and there's no emergency contact. We'll get a call from somebody in crisis. My dad was 911 to the hospital and there's nobody there with him. That's where you call a care manager to go be the voice, your eyes and ears when you're across country and your dad's in the ER. But it's not always crisis. It, it can be planning ahead. It can be all spectrums. One of the workshops I gave years ago was with a financial planner and he told seniors in the room, he said, if you have $10 million, you're okay. You're cared for. You can self-insure. You'll be able to pay for whatever you, if you need. If right. you have $10,000, you're okay because the government's going to pay for you. All the, their services in place for low income. There's, there's County Office of Aging Services. There's services available. It's all the millions of people wow. in between. Right in the that, middle. Wow. That don't yeah. have, that have the middle income, the middle middle America that needs help and needs services and some things they can afford, some things they can't afford. And that's what the care manager does in terms of helping them sort out. What am I going to need? Am I going to be able to pay for it? What are my priorities? Do I want to stay in my home? Do I not want to stay in my home? Do I want to move to be near my kids? And then my kids aren't going to see me anyway. Or how about the people that move to be near their kids and then their kids get another job that takes them to another state without any warning. Now on another angle, In working with caregivers, caregiver stress is ginormous across the country. So you have someone my age. You make up words, by the way. I do make up my own words. (laughs) But then I just make up. I know. Ginormous. And don't ask me to do a cliche because I really screw those up. That was one of your favorite words is ginormous. Ginormous. (laughs) So Sally, do you ever work in your soul coaching practice? Do you ever work with the caregiving middle gap that are taking care of kids, mom or dad, and they're just like, what do I do? I'm in a tornado. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the average American who is just like you guys are speaking. I think we forget about the middle ground, you know, and it's these average Americans that are really super, super, super stressed out. They're just so overwhelmed, especially those who are getting ready to take care of their elderly parents and they've just, you know, gotten their kids to a space where they're able to take care of themselves and now they're worried about their mom and dad. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. What could you say to a listener today struggling with being overwhelmed that as far as where energetic responsibility comes in? Well, look, if you're not happy, nobody's happy. Yeah, You know, if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're probably not taking care of anybody else as good as you believe you are. Good point. Very good point. And there's no shame in reaching out for help. Like this is what you guys do. We can't do it all. We need help. And I love that you provide integrity for the elderly as they're moving into this phase. And there's you, you, it sounds as though you allow them to kind of make these choices of how they want to, you know, carry out their life. Yes. Client choice. And can you asking for help, having someone else provide and ask these questions that are hard between, you know, when you're too close to it, it's hard for people, the emotions get involved, you know, but you guys can come in and kind of take care of that stuff. And then that level of freedom. And then what's left then is just more compassion, more love, more spending time together, right? you know, as, as we're nearing the end, dying well, which I think is such an incredible freeze because we're all dying. Yeah. We're all dying. And to die with your integrity and your family around you, honoring your wishes, you know, you're being taken care of for people to know that they don't have to do it all themselves. The overwhelm is not reaching out for help. 
Exactly. And I think that's what's going to be one of our topics in one of our podcasts towards the end. We talked about doing what's called end of life issues. Mm -hmm. You would be shocked, maybe not, but I continue to be shocked about the number of people in their 80s and 90s who have never had that conversation about how do I want to die? Wow. do, Do I want it to be in a hospital? hooked up to machines? Do I want it to be in the comfort of my home? Do I I want aggressive treatment when it's no longer productive to keep me alive? And there are legal documents out there. And those will be some of the topics that we talk about, but there are documents out there, but it's about having a conversation with your family. Yeah. I don't want to be on a ventilator. I don't want a feeding tube. Those have it now. Sue and I both from, you know, probably 20 years ago did powers of attorney and a living will or advanced directive, and we'll get into what all those are down the road, but about what we want if we are in a car accident. Mm-hmm. It's not just about aging. Like we could go out and fall down and hit our heads tomorrow and be in a coma. How do we want? Right. So that's going to be part of all of our future topics with the podcast. Yeah. And dying will is huge because every day that you live is for that moment at the end where you're going to take that last breath. And you're going to have those last few seconds when you're conscious before you slip out, if you know you're, you know, obviously if you, I get in a car accident and I'm in a coma, I can't obviously consciously go through my life and my regrets or my rewards, you know, and how I feel. But in most cases, you'll have that time to do some reflection on your life. And is that going to be, I didn't get the fucking Mercedes or is the reflection <laughs> going to be, I was kind at every opportunity I could be. And I was there for friends whenever they needed me. But the dying well is something that I repeat to myself every day. And I actually meditate on that too, because it's not scary. And it it makes you like a little less scary of dying, but it also gives such empathy to your clients. So our older adult clients, you know, we're working with them and we have such respect for their lives. If they can get to some dignity and self-respect and closure in relationships and in just reflection, I think it's just... If I can go to my grave knowing I've helped so many older adults go to their grave well, then it's just, that's that's it for me. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's- you And know, I got my barn. And you got and your barn. And I got barn. my barn, you know, waited 54 years for the farm. So that's that's a part of dying well. <laughs> that is a part of dying well. And it's what, you know, that's a actually, you know, um, I can't wait. As soon as we're finished this podcast, I get to go outside and pet some piglets. So yeah. I'm super stoked about that. But I just want to say thank you for what you do in the world. Well, for, thank you. You know, bringing integrity and respect to thank the elderly you. and creating a beautiful end. Yeah to people's lives and taking some of the pressure yeah. off of the family so that we can remember what's honor. really important. It's an honor. You know, and yeah. what's really important is that, you know, let other people handle the things that you don't understand. Yeah, exactly. So that we can just love each other. It's all about love. And Sally Soul, just give a shout for your website, please, for me. Oh, you can check me out at sallysoulspace.com or on Instagram at sallysoulspace. Now, Sally's been my soul coach for several years and Reiki trainer, and I've done Reiki with you. And that energy, just getting out the bad energy and bringing in the new has been just transforming for me. So thank you so much. Oh, and thanks for working brown. with our coworkers because I'm actually to be like all transparency here. Since I own the company now for so long, I have these beautiful, wonderful people that are going out and taking care of these older adults and doing the plans and the long-term care planning, et cetera, and working with families. I'm more behind the scenes now, but I 
just love hearing the stories that they bring back to the office. My business partner, Carol, she's over the social work piece. I'm over the operations piece. And Carol will bring home these stories that are just mind-blowing. And we cannot wait to share them with you all. So come back and join us. If you have any questions, just reach out to us at scpngsp.com. There's a little section there for you to write a little note. And if you want to learn a little bit more of my made up words, you can come check us out there too. All right. Take care. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope you come back to hear our next episode on senior care above and beyond. And remember, if you're an aging person or a caregiver of an aging person, we are here to support you. Simply visit our website at scpandgsp.com. Click contact us to get in touch. Hope you have a fantastic day.